Welcome to The Dream Season, a podcast for entrepreneurs, writers, and creatives of all kinds looking to finally find some balance in your life so you can get back to enjoying the things you love and even the things you don't love but have to do anyway. I'm your host, Holly Ostara, and together we're going to bring delight, inspiration, and sustainability to your creative flow one season at a time. So let's make this the season of your dreams. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the dream season. Today, we are in the last couple of actually last week of summer. So this is really late summer for us in the northern hemisphere. And summer being the growth season, I want to talk to you today about a growth mindset. And after we talk about that, I'll have a really, really lovely interview with Jamie Milam, who is an alignment coach for female entrepreneurs. Jamie's journey to self-awareness is really inspiring, and she now teaches self-awareness to other entrepreneurs. This is something that we all need if we want to succeed, so stay tuned for that interview a little bit later. And before that, let's go ahead and dive into this last week of the Grow Seasons growth mindset conversation. First of all, let's talk about what even is a growth mindset. Well, a growth mindset is It's the belief that your abilities and intelligence can be developed through effort, persistence, learning, trying new things. It's understanding that your talents, your skill sets, and your abilities can be be created, can be cultivated through working on them. It's the belief that you are not born smart or not smart or intelligent or not intelligent, you have the ability to create those things within yourself through striving for growth. And research shows that people with a growth mindset tend to achieve more. They tend to embrace challenges and persist through tough obstacles. They find that working hard and putting in effort is worthwhile because it helps them grow. They're also able to learn from criticism and feedback and this is really tough for a lot of us to to take on, especially when we're new in our journey, this ability to take feedback and apply it to ourselves instead of feeling defensive or hurt. And sometimes even it's the ability to take criticism and feedback at face value, even if it does sting a little bit and to understand that even if it does sting, it's worthwhile to know these things about us and to change these things about ourselves. So having a growth mindset is is really important, especially for us entrepreneurs and creative people, because it creates motivation in us. Without this need to grow and, and keep going and get better as ourselves, then we don't have the motivation. It gives us the the energy and the excitement to keep trying, even if we've had a stumble. And It also helps us be more productive because we get excited to try and try and try again, even if the first time was hard. So this is really important because it kind of allows you to look at these setbacks and these stumblings and failures even and see them as opportunities. They're opportunities to improve ourselves. They're opportunities to 
learn more. There are opportunities to not fail the next time. And when you have this growth mindset, you see failures as opportunities and you get excited by them. Now, personally, this is something that I I think that I actually had a little bit of a better head start than normal. I think it's just it was nur- uh, nurture over wait opposite. No. Yeah. Nurture over in nature. So not that I'm like any better growth mindset than anybody else. It was just that was the way that I was taught because of the school that I went to when I was younger. And so I have always thought it's good to keep trying. I'm definitely a type of person who keeps trying over and over and over again. And this can be good sometimes. And sometimes I don't apply it in the right ways and I don't apply it in a growth mindset way. So let me tell you what I mean here and make sure that everybody is on the same page. So one of the things that I worked really hard on as a kid was my art. I was really into drawing, really into painting and other types of visual art like sculpture and things like that. And I went to a magnet school for art and that was my magnets. I really loved just being artistic and creating things. And I always had And so I always worked really, really hard on my art. But there were other areas where I didn't work so hard. Um, Biology was one. I remember making the little mitochondria cake with like the Twizzlers and the M&Ms and everything and thinking, God, this is the most boring thing I've ever done. And at that time, I didn't have a growth mindset for biology lab. I just really didn't like doing lab work. And I don't know that that's changed in me, but I definitely have more of an appreciation for lab work now. And I don't do as much art now. And what does that mean? It means that, you know, your your things that you want to grow in can change as time goes by. And growth mindset doesn't mean that you have to have this desire to learn from failures and to keep pushing and keep trying in every single aspect of your life. Let's put that on the table as uh, bullet point number one is that this can apply to just some areas of your life. You may look at, I don't know, your housekeeping skills or something and say, I am fine with my house being untidy. It's clean enough. And other people may look at their um, their hobbies and say, I am fine with not putting a lot of time into learning how to knit better. That's okay. And so it's going to be different for everybody and it may change next year. That may switch for you. And you may say, I really want, you know, to have a really Martha Stewart house these days. And that's what I'm going to work on. So having the growth mindset, it's going to create motivation. It's going to create the desire to be more productive, but it doesn't have to be in everything. How do you get a growth mindset? That's a question, right? How do you develop or cultivate this growth mindset in yourself? Well, there's a few things that you can do to make sure that you are giving yourself the best opportunity to grow more and and create that internal, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Internal drive, uh, internal motivation, and not seek external validation. So here's another thing. When I was a kid, I played soccer and I was not great at it. In fact, my soccer career ended with me breaking my knee as I was playing goalie when I was 13. And uh, that's that was probably my most exciting moment ever playing soccer. And when I played soccer, they did not give us uh, like a high five just for trying. 
And I did not also have uh, any internal motivation to try very hard either. The only motivation I had to try was that my friend was a really good soccer player because she'd been playing since she was a kid. And I was kind of embarrassed that I was kind of not good at it. I was really kind of sucky at it. I've never been very athletic. And um, even when I wanted to be, <laughs> so uh, my growth mindset there was non-existent because I was looking for external validation. I was looking for people to praise me and say, you are a really great soccer player and wow, you get every goal you attempt. And that didn't ever happen because I didn't put in the work for it. I did not have an internal motivation to get better at soccer. My only motivation was to not be embarrassed by being bad at soccer. And so that's one of the things that separates uh, having a growth mindset versus having a fixed mindset. I wanted to already be good at soccer without having to try. And I felt like I didn't have the opportunity to ever get good at soccer because my parents didn't put me in soccer before I was, I don't know what, 10 years old. And my friend had been playing since she was like six. So I thought because I wasn't already good at soccer, I would never be good at soccer. And I didn't have the drive to get better at soccer because I was looking for external validation versus internal validation. And a growth mindset requires that internal motivation. It requires you to validate yourself within yourself. And it requires you to say, I'm not the best at this today, but if I show up today and I put in some effort, X amount of effort, tomorrow I'm going to be incrementally better. And if I show up tomorrow and put in X amount of effort, I'm going to be incrementally better again. And it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. And I will get better and better and better. So focusing on the process of learning and improving yourself and not on the immediate outcomes is integral to growth mindset. It's integral to developing that growth mindset. With a growth mindset, you want to measure progress. You want to measure small wins, not being perfect. Each day that you progress is a celebration, and that's what you celebrate, the journey, not the destination, because the destination is always going to be ahead of you. And it's also important to view challenges and setbacks and obstacles as opportunities. So when you're faced with not being perfect at something or something failing, then you look at that and you say, okay, what did I do wrong here? Or what did I not know here? What do I need to know next time to do better? And it doesn't mean that you suck at something. It means that you still have an opportunity to develop more. And that's really important with a growth mindset. You look at these opportunities as, well, opportunities. <laughs> you look at the challenges as opportunities rather than as threats. Because when you have a fixed mindset, you see every setback as a threat. And we don't want that. We want you to ask yourself, what can I learn from this? What can I, can I, how can I educate myself to do better next time? What is one variable I can change or one variable I can work on so that the next time I attempt this, it will be better? When I say that I maybe have too much growth mindset, there was a point when I was first starting out my business where I kept trying over and over to do one specific thing. And I kept thinking, if I keep trying to do this, and it was, 
it, I'll tell you what it was. It was growing my email list through Pinterest. And I was like, if I just get really good at Pinterest, I will grow my email list to 300,000 people. And then I won't need to do anything else because I'll have 300,000 people on my email list. And what was happening there was I was growing my email list from like constantly penning stuff to Pinterest and constantly um, creating five, six, seven pens for each blog post. And I was always blog posting. And that was not right for my business or the type of lifestyle that I wanted to create as a book coach or as somebody who worked with authors on publishing. And because I wasn't looking at the data or really stopping to check in with myself, I just kept thinking, okay, it's not working great right now, but I know if I keep trying, it will work. Instead of thinking that, what I should have been thinking was, okay, that I am seeing some growth here by pinning to Pinterest, but am I attracting the right audience? Am I attracting people who are interested in what I offer? Am I attracting readers for my books? Am I enjoying this process? And is writing a blog post every week a good use of my time? And if I had stopped to think about that instead of spending three years trying to do that, I would have realized, no, it's time to pivot. So there's also a point in time where you need to look at what is actually in front of you. Look at the data and say, is this going in the direction it should be. Because part of having a growth mindset is being able to see that even if things are kind of working, it may not be the right thing that is working. It may be that you need to work on something else instead. So it's also this um, ability to have self-awareness. And definitely stay tuned for the interview with Jamie afterwards because she talks so much about self-awareness and how to develop it and how it can be helpful for you, both in your personal life and if you have a business there as well. So another thing that you can do to develop your own growth mindset is to remember that your brain is malleable. You know, and they call it plasticity, the plasticity of the brain. It can change. It can grow. It can develop, can form new connections and connect little synapses together. And this is created through practice and through repetition. So the more you work on something, the better you get at it. And it's not that you're born being a piano prodigy. It's that you practiced every day and became a piano pro prodigy. Intelligence, abilities, talents, skill sets. You could be inherently born a little bit with a tiny boost and maybe you're just naturally a little bit talented at something. But if you don't practice it, you will lose it. You will stagnate. So we don't want to sit on our laurels here because you still need to have a growth mindset, even if you are a little bit naturally good at something. If you want to be great at something, you still need to have that growth mindset. So how can you apply a growth mindset to your business? Well, I've got a few tips for you here. So tip number one, you could use setbacks as a chance to reevaluate strategies and find new approaches. Remember that each failure brings you closer to success. Tip number two, you could focus on making constant small improvements to your products or your offerings, to your marketing, to your business processes and strategies, because progress compounds over time, just like your retirement account. You want to get started early so that you have that opportunity to have compounding growth. Tip number three. You could seek feedback or input from mentors, from your customers, from your clients. 
you can take their feedback and use it to identify areas where you can grow. Now, when I talk about not asking for external validation, we're not looking for that. We're looking for blind spots that you can't see. And you take those blind spots and you apply them so that you can create that self-awareness in yourself. And because I'm a book coach and I love books and I think that you should write a book, how can you actually apply a growth mindset to writing a book so that you can use that book to, to grow your business too? Well, one way is that you can view the writing process as a chance to more deeply understand your business rather than as a means to an end. So writing a book is something that allows you to really hone in on your processes and your strengths, your framework, the way you do business, the way you help your customers. And if you sit down to write a book, you're able to think through your key lessons learned in a lot more um, of a deep way. It's a really great way to become better at what you do because you have to stop and think about it. And one of the best ways to learn something is to teach something, and writing a book can help you do that. Another way that you can use a growth mindset towards writing your book is to expect that this writing process is going to take time and it's going to take iteration. The first draft is never the final draft. The first draft is always terrible. Some people's terrible is a little bit less terrible than other people's, but that doesn't mean anything. My first drafts are very terrible. So just because the first draft is terrible doesn't mean that you are not a writer. You look at each draft, again, as an opportunity. It's not a threat. It's an opportunity to refine and improve your skills as not only a writer, but also as a business person and what you do for your clients. Another way that you can use the growth mindset for writing a book is to not let perfectionism hold you back from completing it. You want to focus on the progress that you're making and what you're learning from the process, not the immediate success. Focus on the small wins, on I wrote a chapter today, or I edited a chapter today, or I wrote five paragraphs today, and that was amazing. You can also use feedback from your editors, your advanced readers, your beta readers, your friends, your family to help you strengthen your book. And this is where taking feedback and their critiques and criticisms is an opportunity for growth. It allows you to develop that self-awareness about what you're saying, how you're communicating things, and apply it in a way that helps you grow and helps people learn more from you with the finished book. And after you publish your book, this is, there's an opportunity there to stay open-minded because publishing is just like launching any other product. A book is a product. And sometimes sales might be slow at first because you have to tune in to your audience better or you have to tune in your marketing or you have to maybe revise your, your blurb or your description or how you're selling this book. So it's an opportunity to persist. It's an opportunity to keep developing your author platform because the impact of your book can grow over time. Your book itself can have a growth mindset, right? It can grow over time. So these are a few ways that you can use a growth mindset to finally writing that book and finally creating that, that beautiful piece of marketing that you can take with you to speaking opportunities, you can use to develop 
your clientele list you can use to really hone in on your niche and develop authority in your niche and use for getting more media and on and on and on. So take a few minutes to write down a couple tips from today and tell me what are you going to do today to help strengthen and help grow your growth mindset. And in just a moment, we are going to have the interview with Jamie, which you are also going to really love. And I want to hear all about how your self-awareness grows too. Are you a spirited, spectacular woman with a message, method, or framework that would change lives if only more people knew of it? Are you ready to grow your audience, strengthen your authority, and attract more clients through publishing a book? If so, it's time to bring your book idea to life. As a book coach who specializes in working with passionate, purpose-driven women, I can help you successfully write and publish your first or next book. Through a customized blend of strategy, accountability, writing prompts, and sisterhood, I will guide you to clarify your book vision to attract the right readers, structure your book so that it sends your readers on an exciting heroine's journey that makes them take action when they finish reading, create an energizing writing routine even if you don't consider yourself a writer, maintain focus amidst distractions so that you get it done in half the time, query your book proposal to agents and publishers with authority or self-publish your book with confidence, and make an impact with your book post-launch. Don't let your book stay trapped inside you any longer. Let's get your wisdom out into the world. Visit booksandalchemy.com coaching to learn more about my personalized book coaching services for women who are ready to elevate their reach and impact and get more clients doing it. This is your season. Let's show the world. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the dream season. Today, I'm really excited to have Jamie Milan with me. Jamie's life took a determined turn at 15 when she faced independence and battled drug addiction. Discovering motherhood at 19, she embraced the pressure to create a better life for herself and her child. From humble beginnings, Jamie's problem-solving skills led to three successful businesses. Her true liberation, however, came from self-awareness, enabling her to navigate challenges with unwavering calm and align her strategies authentically. As an alignment coach, she empowers female entrepreneurs to break free from pressure, find peace, and align their strategies with their genuine aspirations. Thank you so much for coming today, Jamie. Thank you for having me, Holly. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you. And as um, somebody who really values self-awareness myself, and it's just a journey I've been on and I'm still on, I'm not sure I'll ever make it to the finish line, or if there even is a finish line, maybe you can talk about that. Your goal to help women develop a mastery around a practice of self-awareness is really interesting to me. So tell me about that mission that you have and how you're serving women with this. Yeah, so really it kind of started because... As you mentioned in this bio introduction, right, is I I found out at the age of 19 that I was going to become a mother. And at the time I was a drug addict. And so clearly I decided I have to change my life because this child does not deserve this. Um, I felt like I was rebuilding everything from below ground zero. And in fact, I was, I rebuilt my entire life from a single Rubbermaid storage tote. I had nothing. Um, and I picked up the storage tote from Goodwill so I could pick up some baby clothes and really decided to restart. And when I had to restart, I was living in the crappiest of conditions and every single improvement though, was something that 
I greatly valued. I was so grateful for, you know, and we're talking like moving from one trailer to another, but being thankful for the next one, actually having hot water and an air conditioning unit and that the hole in the floor was covered up by plywood and that the baby's room was already going to be painted blue, you know, like crap conditions, but I was just genuinely happy to be moving forward. Well, as that journey continued, I eventually found myself wanting to get back to school. I was working two jobs, um, single mom, you know, that's a lot to juggle and having two jobs and going back to college meant I had to take classes online. I had to take classes at night. I had to take a class on my lunch break. Uh, Not to mention how am I going to juggle getting my kid back and forth to daycare, right? So it took a lot of systems and purposeful planning for me to be really strategic in how I was going to manage all of this. So this skill of purposeful planning and strategic systems started to just blossom through experience and it it just continued a theme. So by the time I got to a point where I started my own business, I found a lot of professional success utilizing these systems and the strategies. But the thing is, is that when you're in survival mode, you're just go, 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 going. You're in hustle mentality and you're doing all of the things so that you can keep finding success. And especially as an entrepreneur, the more effort that you put into your business, most of the time, the more reward you get out of it. And for me, that meant financially being able to improve my 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 life and my son's life. The issue becomes that You're going and going and going and doing and doing and doing, but you're not really taking the time to slow down enough to say like, what are my strongest values? What are my boundaries? What are the things that I really, really, really want? You know, like what is my truest desire and vision? Because for so long, it was just, I want to give him a better life. And then one day you stop and you realize like, holy cow, my life looks completely different than it did 10, 15 years ago and didn't see this happening. And then you suddenly have to think, well, what does the future look like? Y'all, my son is 17 and he's graduating high school next year. He's going to be moving on to college. I'm going to be an empty nester before I'm 40 years old. Okay. Life is going to look really different for me. So it starts to become, what am I building? Where is my business heading? And is it going to give me the sustainability or am I going to hit burnout? And so if I'm honest, I started therapy uh, because my marriage started to fall apart. Um, I had gotten married about nine years ago and I realized that while everything was looking great and successful on the outside, on the inside behind our walls, my marriage was imploding. My relationships, I wasn't present in. Uh, So I started therapy and that is where my self-awareness journey really started. Um, Now, proudly, and to answer that question about finish line and are we there yet? I just don't think that there is a final destination because our seasons change in life. You know, I mean, who I was five, 10 years ago, wanting to do nothing but continue to build a better life for my son is very different than the season that I'm in now. Where I was three years ago when I was married, my goals were very different than they are now because my family unit looks different. So my seasons have changed, which means that 
I continue to apply my self-awareness based on my season. And sometimes y'all, your seasons can be really big and broad. And sometimes they can be just as specific as a rainy day. And you have to use that self-awareness to say, what is it that I need today? What is causing this friction in my mood, right? Like there's something inside of you that is, it's being a push and pull, right? And we have to take time to slow down to identify what that is. And it's the same with our business too, you know? So now after applying self-awareness to not only like my personal life and my relationships and um, any sort of boundaries and expectations in that realm, I started to do that with my business as well so that I could apply it and so that I had the right systems, the right strategies, the right activities that was really going to help me create something that is sustainable, not just scalable. I had been focusing on scalable, right? But sustainable in a manner that is going to keep my energy lit up, that gonna is going to keep me feeling fulfilled um, for the long haul, right? And also coming to terms with it's allowed to change. When your seasons change, your goals are allowed to pivot. That is so important. And your story just really illustrates how we can be forged in fire. And it sounds like you were in that forge for quite a while. And when you talked about your seasons changing and how you just kind of woke up to that self-awareness, I wonder how do you find that self-awareness when you are in that hustle moment, that hustle, it's not mentality really, but you're kind of, you've just got to keep afloat with all these things that you just must do. How do you find the space for that awareness? And what does self-awareness mean to you? Well, it's a really good question, Holly, because I think here's the thing is if you'd asked me that question, maybe even two, three years ago, I would have answered you and said, yeah, I'm self-aware. Yeah. My systems and my strategies are totally supporting what my goals are and what my genuine and authentic wants and needs and desires are. But I can tell you wholeheartedly that had, had I really gone deeper, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I was still living in a lot of should. And so sometimes I do think people need a breakdown to have that breakthrough. And for Mm. me, the breakdown was something much bigger, which was my marriage, you know? Um, And it, it, it was my journey of discovering true self-awareness that led me to kind of making that decision around, you know, ending my marriage, which was not an easy decision, of course. Um, So when you ask me what self-awareness is to me, it's really being able to tune in to determine like what what are my authentic needs? And here's the thing is we all have very different experiences in life. So our needs and our desires and our dreams and our hopes and goals and all of those things, they're very individual and unique to each different person because of your unique experiences in life. So the needs that I have, the triggers that I have, the the glimmers, the things that bring me excitement and joy, those are going to be very different. But how can I communicate that with a partner if I don't take the time to slow down to recognize them? So it can be as much as a mood shift, right? Like if I find myself super frustrated in the moment, or I'm just like, so overwhelmed, 
overwhelm and pressure are really good indications that something is out of balance. You're not in alignment somewhere. And it could be because somebody is, you know, crossing a boundary or they, you're not feeling appreciated. And I'll say this for me, I come with a, a, a package of trauma, you know? And so my trauma obviously affects all of these aspects of how I like to be communicated with what I need in different relationship dynamics. And that is truly applicable, not just to a partnership with a, you know, a, a husband or a boyfriend or whatever, or even your kid, but also with your employees, you know, how you communicate with them and why you might need structure or want structure, um, what sort of boundaries and expectations you're looking for in somebody who's working in your business. I didn't realize how much my past traumas affected those needs and wants. And so unpacking that with a therapist has truly helped, but now it's about paying attention and being aware of, Ooh, something doesn't feel right with that. And sometimes it's a physical reaction. Um, so when you ask, like, how do you switch out, you know, how do you like slow down enough out of the hustle to really determine like, what do I, what is happening with me and how do I shift this? Um, I think it becomes enough to, you have to slow down enough to recognize it. So whether that's meditation, journaling, reflection, um, I journal every morning, uh, because I feel like journaling is a great way for those inner thoughts to just come out without you overanalyzing it. Um, the other thing is really slowing down enough to feel your body, you know, deep breaths in, deep breaths out, really noticing like the weight of your body. And I first discovered that Marie Forleo has a book called everything is figure outable. And she has an exercise inside of this book that she's guiding you through to uh, determine is this fear or is this my intuition? You know, when I'm trying to make a decision in my business or in my life. And she talks about how she sits really still so that she can feel her body. And I've kind of altered this in a way that helps me throughout my day or my week or decisions. And I'm sitting and I have my hands on top of my thighs, palms up, and you get really centered with your body with those deep breaths, deep enough so that you can feel your shoulders rise feel your shoulders fall, like feel your feet on the floor, feel the seat underneath your thighs. And you ask yourself, does saying yes to this, whatever the thing is, make me feel excited and expansive or tight and constricted? And you'd be surprised how quickly your body will react. For me, I find that my hands will literally open up some, or they'll kind of tighten. If they tighten, maybe my shoulders kind of rise and kind of come back in towards me, or my arms will call, come in closer to my sides. But if it's something that is exciting, like I will feel like a, ah, like feeling and whatever your initial body reaction is, that's your gut. That is your authentic, whatever inside telling you this is the direction to go without you getting into your head, right? Without like thinking logistically, like, oh, this just does not make sense logistically or technically. And you go down the rabbit hole. Like if it doesn't make logical sense, it's okay. 
trust me, I've gone against this bodily feeling before just for it to come out to be like, (laughs) I should have listened, you know, but now I can feel that in almost anything, including conversations that I'm having throughout the day. Sometimes I can feel a physical tightness, maybe in my throat, and it's not always the right moment to explore it. Maybe you make a notation in your phone, you know, to journal on this in the morning or tonight when you get home or explore it with your therapist or whatever it might be, you might make a note that, Ooh, something hit me in that. But the beauty is, is that the more that you practice these things, the easier it becomes. What used to take days to process now takes minutes. And so when I'm doing that, when I'm taking time to know who I am, what my body is telling me that I need or want, um, that lights me up or that makes me feel constricted. I can't ignore it. Once you see it, once you feel it, once you recognize it, you can't ignore it. And if you do, you're sending your bo- yourself these bodily signals that you're not going to honor that, which means that you don't respect your own needs and wants. But when you do honor it, you're valuing yourself in ways that nobody else can do for you. It's so comforting. It's so empowering and it really is to me the process to dealing with any challenge in a peaceful way. I feel at peace knowing that I made the decision that was right for me, no matter how logical it is to anybody else making that decision for me. And I think that as entrepreneurs, especially when we're in the hustle, that's what we have to slow down to do because we can get caught up in the should and we look at how everybody else is modeling things, but you know, again, everybody has different experiences. So the shoulds can still be tweaked to match your actual needs. But if you're not slowing down enough to pay attention to it, you're just going to get caught up in the hustle, which will eventually lead to burnout. Yeah. Yeah, totally. When you said that, um, if you don't listen that you to your body, you're listening, you're sending the message that you don't respect your needs and wants. That's, that's so critical. And that, that really made me pause when you said that, because, well, I'll say that intuition is something that I use a lot in my business. And if I can't feel my body because I'm stuck in that hustle, hustle, hustle mode, then I can't, I can't feel my intuition. I can't hear it. And it's so much harder to make good decisions when you're in that space. And so I think it is really important to get a practice where you do this every day, like you said, so that you can learn these feelings and it becomes almost like a muscle memory where you know when you're in a in a strong space, when you've got a strong foundation and when you don't, when you're not in that place of self-awareness. And this seems really critical for business owners, for especially us women entrepreneurs, because uh, I think a lot of us have been conditioned to not listen to our gut feelings, right? Um we have been conditioned that logic and rationality are the only ways to make decisions. And if you don't have data for it, then it's, it's not a well-formed decision, but we have to also listen to our bodies because our bodies have knowledge and information that is also true. So how do you use this self-awareness when you're growing your businesses? Yeah, great question. Um, I want to touch on really fast. Um, what you just said is we're taught to use data Y'all, you can find data in anything. So here's the thing is just like I said, I've gone against this bodily feeling before and I've been wrong. 
that's my own data. That's data. Yeah, you're right. right. I mean, like, there's a reason why they say like moms have superpowers. Well, women have superpowers. I mean, <laughs> who else is out there able to create a whole nother human being in their body? But regardless of that, we have these superpowers. This is really your most powerful tool. And so you can create your own data to decide like, you know what? Like, I really don't like what my body's telling me on that. I feel like I'm going to go for it anyways. I think this is a great opportunity. Okay, cool. Make a notation of that, right? Journal that, you know, here's what, so how you can apply this in your business. Again, journaling, like this is my daily practice. You know, I have a morning routine after, you know, getting my body moving and honoring my body with some physical exercises and stuff. I will journal and my journal will, journaling entries will also include five items of gratitude. And I'm very specific to include something from the last 24 hours, because I found that that keeps me grounded and really present in my days. Um, and also five affirmations. But when you're journaling on things like this, then you're likely going to journal something along the lines of, I've got this opportunity and I'm, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm going to move forward with it or whatever just be really intentional to journal. Like I slow down enough. I don't know. Something feels off about it, but I'm going to explore it anyways. And then whenever it falls apart, if it does, if it doesn't, like, I'm sure it's going to come out in journaling again, but it, a little bit more practical reasoning of how you can apply this to very specific projects, maybe campaigns or launches or events, something that you're doing that maybe even requires your team. Um, so we always have a feedback form. So whether it's a launch or a campaign or an event, we have this feedback form where I have every member of our team that was involved in it, including myself, where we're doing um obviously we have like our target, like our target and goals and then our actual, so sure budget, all those things, but also what are the activities that we did that felt like, um, it was draining us? You know, what are the things that we wished we would have done differently? Because here's the thing is if you're not running that same event for another six months, then why in the world would we not make notations, not only about the, the logistics of how the event went, but also how you felt about it and the activities that were surrounding it. Um, so I think that that's a really good way for you to, get in tuned with the activities in your business. And that's going to help you determine, is this in alignment or not? Um, because you're likely not going to remember it. As a business owner, we have so many things on our plate. And so you have to sometimes break this down in, in micro sections. Um, the other piece of it is, is, you know, I know with you in the seasons, when we think about the fall season and this being about your flow, you know, you've gone through the majority of the year already. You likely had a business plan. And so you've kind of seen how your flow is going all year long. And now you're moving into the winter season, which is the dream season. And so this is a great opportunity for you to start to think about what is my next year going to look like? You know, we, we actually do our business planning for the following year, um, really kind of towards the top of the fall season. We do this in late September, early October, uh, so that we can start to reflect on where we want to take our business next year. We look at what has worked this year, what hasn't, what did we enjoy, what didn't we enjoy. And that way we can 
include those things into our next year's business plan. And so it's a great way for us to determine um, what's working, what's not. So that's a, another way that you can be really practical with uh, having, including your own um, true alignment, right, into your business. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because, and I love also that you do that. Uh, you take that feedback from each, each event that you do, each lunch that you do, because um, if something is not working for you when you're first doing it and um, you don't take the time to get that feedback and listen to yourself. And sometimes you may not listen to yourself at all. If you're not f- taking that time to stop and feel your body, then it can be like pushing rocks uphill. And a lot of times we entrepreneurs, we feel like, oh, I've got to do this because this is, this is quote, the thing we do. And that's not true. We can't, we have to work, do what works for us and stop trying to push that rock up the hill if it's not the right hill for us. So sometimes it is just not also the right season for doing a particular thing, like you said. And uh, autumn itself is a really great time for getting a lot of work done, but it's the work that's been culminating over the whole year, starting from last winter when you started to create those dreams and plan for the year and then get everything started in the spring and it's all been growing in the summer. So if it's not, if, if you haven't done that work already and you just try to start all at once and just push that rock up the hill, you don't have the, you don't have the tools in place. You don't have the levers or the little crane in place to help you get it up the hill. It's just, it's too much hard work. So it's really important, I think, to be self-aware of who you are and where your business is at when you are going into this season. Yeah. I think that it's important. You Something that you said, right, is we can't take on too much and we can't expect that we can just initiate something, you know, and start it. And it's going to be perfectly where it needs to be within a year. Right. And so when we do our business planning, I mean, this is a full dedicated two and a half days. I take my team outside of the city. Um, Oftentimes it's the beach because the beach is my peaceful place and it gets my brain flowing in a really peaceful, energetic way. And so we take time to say like, are our longer term vision and goals, are they still the same? And if they are fantastic, then we break down like, what are we doing this year? And we actually break it down quarterly. Um, that's going to keep moving us forward towards that goal. But also if something's not in alignment anymore, you know, then, or we tried it on, we gave it effort for a year and every activity almost around it just felt like, Ugh, you know, you dread doing it. You don't want to get to it. That event stunk, you know, and here's the thing is there's usually a common thread with however you felt around your energy in showing up to do the event or the activity or the launch or the campaign, your results were probably similar because it wasn't your authentic self wanting to do this. You were doing this because it, somebody else did it sounded like a good idea. They seem to have success with it. So why not give it a try as a strategy for you and your business? Right. But this is why it's very important to take intentional time to slow down because when you are a business owner or even when you were just, you're a mom, you know, and you've got all these things coming at you, you have to take time to be intentional, to give this the attention that it needs. And so you can do this, whether it's in your own life, you know, again, taking time to journal every single morning, making myself a priority in the morning, you know, for my physical care, but my, my mental and spiritual care. That's important because I have to slow down enough 
in order to make this a practice that is on its way to mastery so that it just shows up naturally in my everyday, in my everyday act, uh, decision-making even, right? But if we don't slow down and start somewhere with intentional attention to our authentic needs, desires, and plans and alignment, then we're just going to keep going through the motions, going through the emotion, going through the motions, not emotions, can lead you to burnout if you're not doing the things that are the right activities for you, right? So especially when you're looking at smaller teams, you know, or solopreneurs, uh, if you're, if you don't take the time to do the right things for you, you'll find yourself switching gears often. Um, and you'll find yourself leading to burnout if you stay in that hustle mode way too long. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned building, you've mentioned a team. And I know that one of the many issues that we entrepreneurs come up with is that we build a team and it's the wrong team, or we we hire the wrong kind of person first, the wrong role first. So tell me how self-awareness can help us make the right decisions for our businesses when building a team and maybe how you used it building your team. Well, I love the second part of that question even better because I am a firm believer that what's right for me may not be right for somebody else. Mm. Right. But I, I think that that's where a practice of self-awareness starts to come into play because you can start to acknowledge. And, and I have a five-step process, um, that we call the five-step alignment process. And the first step of that is you've got to visualize, right? Whatever it is. And you can do this on an event. You can do this on building a team, hiring a person. You can do this on, you know, that big life goal or your big why. It doesn't matter, right? You visualize what it is that would be the ideal scenario for you. So a lot of people might say this when it comes to a team is visualize who that ideal avatar is and, and what their, um, responsibilities are going to be, but I like to say, we're really diving deeper into that, into how do you want them to communicate with you? How do you want the, them to be able to accept your communication? Because we all receive differently. And so, I mean, I've had people who are like, oh, she's really intense, you know? And so <laughs> I need somebody that isn't going to um, be too soft, right? That they can take it, that they can also give me a little bit of pushback if they felt like it was too much. The other thing is to connect with yourself. I want you to validate whatever it is that you need. So the simple fact that you recognize that some people think that you're intense and might receive you that way, even if that's not your intention and it's frustrating to you because it can be, it can be really frustrating to me. I'm like, I'm not being intense. Like I'm just, I talk fast and I'm passionate, <laughs> you know, like I'm not mad at you, you know? So it's <laughs> like, I have to validate, like it is frustrating for me. And that's a, and that's a true feeling. Do I want to feel that way? No, but can both things be true at the same time? Absolutely. Right. So we have to validate our actual feelings rather than shoving them to the side in order to get to a place to honor our needs. Okay. And then you can start to strategize and then you're able to like reflect to see is this actually working or not, which is why a 90 day plan for a new employee is always a good idea. Now, I'm going to say all of that to say that at the beginning of uh, 2022, I went on a solo trip to Italy. Uh, this was post my divorce. I went on a whim for five days. I booked all of this within like 24 hours and 
went over by myself. And while I was there, I had the best of times. And I remember just standing in Positano and just thought to myself, like, wow, like this, this is something I want more of in my life. This is something that I've been saying for the last five years that I'm working towards, but I have not been putting time on my calendar at all to make this happen. And really, do I always want to be geographically tied to a space in order to travel a lot more? You know, being in real estate, you've kind of got to be in that one space. You know, there are definitely different strategies that you can do. And so for me, I thought if I wanted to be able to travel a whole lot more, then that meant I had to build a big team in real estate so that they could manage everything and I could eventually step out, but my real estate business still keep running. Why did I think that? Well, because that's what I heard a lot of people in the industry talking about. Now, I hate managing people. <laughs> I le- I really, really, really do. And so when I was in Italy, I said to myself, am I actually building my business the way that I genuinely want to and that is going to keep me feeling fulfilled and sustained and that is going to allow me to step out at some point is that what I want the answer was no so I came back a couple months later I restructured my entire team um and come to find out my my top administrative assistant that worked in the office with me side by side with me she was also a friend of mine she's a neighbor she still is Um, she knew me well before I got into real estate. She knows me well after. And when I sat down and had a conversation with her, she said, I've, I've known this was coming. I could feel it in your energy. I just didn't want to say anything to you in case I was wrong. I didn't want to plant that seed there in case I was wrong. She's like, no hard feelings. I totally understand. I want you to be happy. Thank you for being honest with me. And because I gave, you know, plenty of time for transitioning. And since then, I have moved to virtual teams because what I've found is I work really well with virtual assistants in in a very hyper-segmented way. I've had a virtual assistant that was, you know, kind of like your administrative assistant that did it all. I don't do that. I don't like training people on everything. I have... Um, Like I have a booking assistant, I have a copywriting assistant, I have a transaction assistant because they are hyper-focused into their lane, they know their thing, and we work within our system, my systems of like ClickUp and my CRM, and I I give them their checklist. This is how I want to be communicated, this is the information that I want to know, and here's the thing is with a virtual assistant, I am technically a client of theirs as well. So this Mm -hmm. is a service job. So they want to keep me happy so that I continue to keep coming back to them. Right. So I also don't feel like I, you know, I'm paying them. I am on an invoiced service. So yeah, I'm going to be specific about what I'm looking for. And if we can't meet those needs, well, I'll find somebody else. And now I become more aware of something else that I need, another layer in that role that I need. And it's okay. I'm not offended if they can't meet it. That's fine. It's not a th- it's not a personal thing on to against me or against them. It's just this is one of my needs, one of my expectations because of my past experiences, and if you can't meet that, that's perfectly fine. I'm not upset or offended about it. You will continue to have great business with a stream of people and I will now go to somebody else and I will say this is what I need out of all of these, out of this role and responsibility. Can you meet these needs? 
and I will feel better about saying yes to a new contract with them. So I didn't realize that. Oh my gosh. One of my assistants, I have only had like one phone call with her when I first hired her like four months ago. Now we communicate within ClickUp and I'm in my ClickUp with her stuff for maybe 30 minutes every Wednesday. And that is it. I mean, she nails it. You give her that one instruction piece. It is a dream. I'm like, that's a dream. There's this part of me that says, I just want to clone her. But at the same <laughs> time, what I have truly realized, and I've realized this even after post-divorce re-entering, you know, a dating scene is communication is key for everything. The key to effective communication is being able to be true to yourself and honest with others without throwing blame or shame at them or at yourself. So when I communicate my needs, I feel at peace about it because I'm honoring what I truly need. I value them so strongly that I'm willing to communicate them. And if you can't meet them, or if you continue to cross a boundary that I've set expectations around and I notice it and I feel it in my body, if I just let it slide, I don't feel good about my, like me honoring me. It's not about them. I'm like, ooh, I I really like everything else that they do. And I just check in with myself. Is this acceptable? Is this something that I can be flexible on? Or is it really a strong value point for me that I need to re-communicate it? And if the answer to that is yes, I'm going to re-communicate it. I'll, I will give a chance. And I have found, especially in the redating world, that what do I have to lose? You're either a good fit or you're not. There are so many people out there, but you know who I can't get rid of? Myself. Yourself, yeah. I am with Gosh. me everywhere I go. I need to feel good about my decisions and the people that I'm surrounded with. I need to feel good about making sure that the people that I'm really giving my time, my energy, and my money to is in alignment with me. And then I feel good about everything else. I mean, I practice really healthy communication skills with my son, even like I, I tell him, you know what, like I am, I'm sorry, I'm actually overreacting right now because I feel like you're taking advantage of X, Y, Z, or I feel like you're not respecting my schedule either. You know, like I check in with myself, what is it that is frustrating me? And then I communicate it, but it's about doing it in a way that's not blaming him. It's the story I'm telling myself right now is that you don't respect my schedule. And I don't know if that's true or not, but this is how I'm feeling. So I want to talk about it. Can we have a conversation about this? You know, it's very much taking ownership over. I might be reading this completely wrong, but it doesn't negate the fact that I'm still feeling that way, right? Like both things can be true at the same time. And if I don't acknowledge that and validate that, I'm immediately telling myself that that feeling doesn't matter and that I should just ignore it, which is total BS. Yeah, it really is. And when you say that the community, I mean, the communication is, is the foundation of self-awareness because you have to communicate with yourself too. And it's really starting to sound to me that before anybody starts a business, before anybody undertakes anything in their life, we need to be in tune with ourselves. We need to have this self-awareness practice so that we know what we want and we know what we need and we know what we have to offer. And so if we have listeners out there who are looking for somebody who can help them with this self-awareness, where, where can they find you, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
Love that question because that's what I want everybody to do, no matter where they're at in their journey. Cause you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Right. right. And mm-hmm. once you start to become aware of, I could be better at this, you want to start to implement it. So uh, first and foremost, I want to, I wanted to offer to you and your listeners, um, maybe to put into your show notes, I have a self-awareness mastery guide. Um, I mean, this is extensive. It's got journal prompts in it. It's got worksheets. This isn't just a read through it. This is something that you can put into practice over and over, um, print it out, start it for a new event, new launch, whatever it might be. Um, aside from that, the platform that they're listening to um, this podcast episode on right now, they can go into that same platform and search for Determined AF. I have a podcast called Determined AF, where we are always talking about ways for you to create more awareness and alignment in your business, sometimes personal stuff. Um, and so how even how your strategies and your systems can be applied in an aligned way. Uh, So if you're determined to become way more aware and have a peaceful and aligned life, then come check us out over on Determined AF because we always have different freebies in our show notes, um, pointing guests to, uh, you know, different pointing listeners to different guest episodes that we have as well. So those are the best places. And then my website is jamiemilam.com. That's perfect. And I've got one more question for you, Jamie. So mm-hmm. I love to ask people something that they are grateful for this week. Is that something mm. you'd like to share? Uh, I'm I'm grateful for so many things. I'm like, let me pull out my journal. I could pull out like 25 things. <laughs> That's <laughs> but better. I, That's even better. <laughs> but I will say something that I'm really grateful for, and I mean this genuinely, Holly, is I'm grateful for this opportunity to be chatting with you about this today because it really is important to me. It's a mission of mine to spread this message even farther because I want more people in general, especially women to learn how to value themselves because when they learn what it is that they authentically need at their core, what their most inner desires and their most inner needs are, and they learn how to honor that and that they can honor that, they will start to feel so much more value And they will start to expect that from other people too, in a very beautiful way. And so I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to be here with you today, because the more people that we can spread this message to, I genuinely think that we'll be living in a better place. I agree. I genuinely think that more women, especially need to hear this message. So I'm grateful for you as well, Jamie. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the dream season. I've got just one thing to ask of you. Please, please, please leave a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. All you need to do is select a star rating, and I hope it's five stars, but please be honest, and tap, type, or even voice to text one or two sentences about your experience listening, something you learned, or something you loved. This is the single most important thing you can do to help this podcast succeed. And as a thank you to anyone who leaves a review today, I will send you a free audio guided visualization for each season so you can find your creativity no matter the season. Just email a screenshot of your review to hello at booksandalchemy.com and I'll send you the visualization. Thank you again for listening and remember, no matter the season, remember to dream. Remember to dream.